I want to thank you guys for coming to our Christmas Eve service. It's, gonna, it's a great time that we get to just hear the Christmas story, be able to just spend time learning the different events that are surrounding it. As I've been, as I've been kind of, as I've been kind of posting on our Facebook page and stuff, is that sometimes we have a hard time trying to find what true hope is. Sometimes we have that trouble, and during Christmas, it just kind of magnifies kind of the heartache and the pain. So I want to encourage you, we're going to be talking about finding true hope, finding the hope that comes through the birth of our Savior. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions to kind of begin this uh, tonight as we kind of get into finding out what that is. So I want to encourage you, this may be a little bit different, I want you to close your eyes. Take a moment, close your eyes. I'm gonna ask you a couple of things. And that's the first is, how are you? How are you doing as a person? How are you doing? What kind of heavy things are you holding in your life? What kind of things are taking control of your life that you feel like you are alone? What tears do you hold back? What are you holding back from crying, for crying out? What pain or what fears do you kind of hold inside of your life? Now, there's a question. Maybe some, not all of us can go through this, but maybe some of us, people don't look at us in the eye anymore. People look down towards us. Maybe when people are asking you how you're doing, all you say is, I'm fine. But we know that that isn't the truth. And, but they will never know that. Maybe sometimes we start believing the lies that are surrounding us, and that's when Christmas time, Christmas season gets a little more challenging. We start seeing, people are saying this stuff about us, and we believe it. And that's when the hope we feel is gone. Maybe there's, people are saying that you're not good enough, or no one will ever accept you, that you're going to be alone. Because if they don't like you, who will? If they don't accept you, who will? Maybe you started to believe that you aren't good enough and that hope is gone. We're struggling with that. Or maybe somebody, or sorry, that you'll be somebody that nobody will ever accept or even like. But I want to remind you that Christmas season, Christmas is a reminder of the true hope that we have in the birth of our Savior. So we see that some things in our life are out of control. I know sometimes things happen in our life that we just don't understand. We can't comprehend what is going on. And the choice is either we can give up and give up hope, or we can find the hope that comes from the birth of our Savior. I'm going to ask you, what are you, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe that you are called to be the, the person that God's called you to be? That you're a child of God? Are you going to believe in what people say about you? I want to encourage you to not hold on to those fears or those worries and cast them, free them, release them. I'm not going to say that one day these fears are going to completely disappear, but give them to God, and you will see the hope that comes from that. Because actually the first thing we need to do is actually forgive. If you've ever been hurt by a certain person, I want to encourage you, forgive that person because that's when the healing begins. We see that every time someone puts you down, Will you make that decision to pick somebody up? So I'm going to give you an example as we continue on talking about hope. Picture yourself in, in an open area, in an open field. There's no buildings. There's no trees, no cover that you can go and hide. 
Now imagine that there's a, a storm that's circling above you, straight above you. That storm's getting bigger and bigger, but no matter what you do, that storm is your situations and the circumstances that are in your life, things that are overwhelming to you. It's the overwhelming sense of hopelessness. That's what that storm is. But you don't tell anybody what you're going through because you feel like maybe they won't understand. Maybe they, they can't help anyways. So you keep it to yourself. So you're alone in this storm. You're down on your knees. You're cold. You're weak. And you're on your ground going through it alone. But I want to point something out that you are here. You're here. God has still placed you here. So you're not meant to go through it alone. God is with you, and he is your comfort. We talked about this past Sunday at church, is that we talked about finding comfort in Christmas, finding comfort in the time where you feel like you there is no peace. There's so much struggles and troubles in your life, you don't know where to go to. But I want to encourage you, just like we said Sunday, this church, or any churches around here, we're made of messed up people. We are people who've gone through different circumstances, I might have gone through something that God has given me the place to say, to give you comfort in another place that you may be struggling with. And the same thing goes for, for other people. Someone else might have gone through something that I haven't gone through personally. So I want to encourage you right now is that think of someone who would comfort you when you're in that storm. The storm's over top of you, and you're on the ground. You're praying, you're crying out to God. Think of someone you have God with you and think of someone else. So there's three of you there. Can you name that person? Can you think of that person who you'd like to have there? Now imagine that this person who is with you is saying to you right now that they can't, say, they can't stop the storm from happening. They can't stop it. But they will continue to hold you and keep you warm during that storm. So wherever there may be times in your life where you feel like you've fallen down and you can't get back up, I want to encourage you, find this hope we're going to be talking about. It's going to help you to find the peace that comes through Christmas season. Because, I don't know, there's a lot of times, unfortunately, suicide is up during Christmas season. There's a lot of hopelessness, a lot of sadness. But God's saying here, come see me. I want to give you true hope. So have you ever felt that there's no hope? Have you ever felt, maybe you're feeling that way right now, there is no hope. Maybe you're feeling that you're alone because tonight, after this, you're gonna go home to just you and your house and you don't have anyone else to wake up tomorrow and go spend time with. Maybe that's hard for you. Some people love it, but maybe that's hard for you. Maybe you're having money problems that you just can't get your head above water. Maybe that's something that you're feeling hopeless from. Or maybe it's a relationship in a family, a family or friends, that there's just something you just keep hitting heads and you can't find that hope that comes out of that, finding that peace. But maybe it's not necessarily your circumstance, but it's the way that you lived your life. Maybe it's the fact that maybe you've lived a less ideal life and you feel like, well, I'm unworthy of God. I'm unworthy of this hope. But no matter what your situation is, I'm encouraging you to let you know that there is hope. Because God sent his son to be born into this dark world. 
He sent his son to be born, to be the light. So there's two events that I kind of want to really focus on to talk about the hope that we can get out of this Christmas season. So when we see this, this is where we begin seeing the, the beginnings of hope. So read with me uh, Luke 1, 5, 15. It's going to be up there. Um, but basically, this is a story of uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist. Right? And he, he was preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. You see, John the Baptist was born about five and a half months prior to Jesus. So he was also the cousin of Jesus as well. So let's read here. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in their years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord." Um, so here's what's kind of happening. We see that a couple words in there was upright and blameless. So the, the, the scripture tells us of that Zachariah and Elizabeth were upright in the sight of God. They were blameless. They were following everything to a T. They knew what they had to do and they were following it. That was, that's an important thing. And the second one is barren. Right? They were still following after the Lord with all their heart, and yet Elizabeth was barren. And now she's simply past the age of being able to give birth. See, the, the thing here is we got to realize is not being able to have a child at this time was pretty much a, uh, considered a disgrace. If you couldn't have a child at this time, people did not look up to you. People did not respect you because you were not a real woman if you could not bear a child for your husband. That's something important. We need to realize that. that, that there's something that no doubt, I, I, I bet you both of them were praying and praying, just asking God for a child. But after years and years, there was nothing. There was no pregnancy, no word from God. So that she continued they both continue to feel disgrace. They're in what seems to be a hopeless situation at this time. They can't see a way out of this. After years and years of praying, they feel like everything is hopeless. They can't do anything. And maybe, maybe you're feeling that that way due to one of the things that we spoke about earlier. Maybe you're starting to feel that way because you might start to feel that something's wrong with you because I know they probably felt like that. What did we do wrong? Why can't I have a child? What's wrong with me? 
Right? I'm sure that uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth were questioning why this was happening and wondering if they had done something wrong. But I wanted you to know something through, uh, though, that even through their disappointment they had faced, they still remained faithful. And I think it was for two reasons they could remain faithful. And I encourage you to go do the same thing even when you feel hopeless at this time. We see that they stayed connected. Zechariah continued to work in the priesthood. He didn't stop. He didn't stop. He kept going. Right? And even though he was disappointed, he had people, faithful people that walked alongside him and encouraged him. Do you have those people in your life who are willing to encourage you and walk alongside you during the time of hopelessness? The second one is they stayed serving. Zechariah went and served in the temple and did other things. That in order to keep himself close to the Lord. Being connected with the church and serving with the church continues to help us be, um, to remain faithful. That's a lot of what it does. Faithfulness is shown over time and through the difficult circumstances that we may be going through. Faithfulness simply glorifies the Lord. We see Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. And we see that he works through faithfulness in our lives. In Matthew 13, 58, when Jesus was in his hometown, it says, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. We glorify the Lord with our faith and he works our lives through faith. We see that because Zachariah and Elizabeth were connected and serving, they knew exactly what Paul was telling us in Romans. We see in Romans here, In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We see God works all things for the God of who? Who does God work all things through? And it's of those who love him and called according to his purpose. God works all things for the good of those who love him. For those that follow after him and follow his leading in in, in their lives even when we can't see that God is doing anything in ours. Their faithfulness and service helped them to continue to trust that God knew what he was doing, even though it didn't feel like it. These are some of the things, there are circumstances that are happening around the, the day of the birth of Jesus. We see that it was through their faith that God was able to glorify himself by doing a miracle and answering a prayer that seemed utterly hopeless that it wasn't going to happen, but he gave them a son. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife will bear you a son. You are to give him the name John, and it will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord." The Lord poured out an amazing blessing on their lives. There was a long time of continued faithfulness. They continued faithfully serving and worshiping him, even in the face of disappointment and and heartaches. But what, what happened to Zachary and Elizabeth and the birth of the Son of God show that right now is a time for hope, finding that true hope. It's a time to continue to look to the Lord and simply be faithful and to trust him because his ways 
are simply way better than ours could ever be. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that God has a plan for us. It tells us that uh, God has a plan to prosper his people, plans to give, us, give, give them hope and a future. And it's as we continue to walk in this faith and walk in, 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 in a relationship with him that we continue to be focused, that we can trust and know that we serve a mighty God. We'll move forward here is maybe it's not your circumstances, but maybe it's been the way that you've lived your life that you feel hopeless. Maybe it's because you haven't lived that perfect, picture-perfect life. Maybe it's things in, 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 our, in your life that you just seem, there's no outcome that could be good out of this. I know for myself, there's been times where I'm just, I don't know what to do. Throw my hands up and I, I, I don't know. But I want to remind you that there's one more event that will help us to see um, that this right now is a time for hope. This Christmas season is a time for hope, finding that true hope. We see that in Luke 2, 8, 8 to 14, it says, And there were shepherds living out in, out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men whom his favor rests. We see that God sent angels to shepherds to announce the birth of their birth of his son. Now I know a lot of us, including myself, have seen the nativity scene quite often. And you think it's this picture perfect, you know, everything's clean. Right? We see that you we have Mary and Joseph, we have the shepherds, we have all these animals. Everything is just perfect. It's a nice little image. But I want to tell you something a bit about shepherds. Shepherds were the low of the lows. Shepherds were not the type of people that you were hoping your daughter would bring home. Shepherds were not the ones that you'd want to spend time walking around the mall. Shepherds were not the people that you'd want to to be around you. Shepherds were not the clean-cut type. They were the ones that couldn't and wouldn't show up, up to church, wouldn't show up at the synagogues because the... In fact, it was their job that kept them out of that most of the time. These shepherds, shepherds are known to be dirty, known to be rough, known to be tough, and relatively unliked and undervalued. Shepherds, we see, didn't have a lot of social skills. Their job was 24-7. They had to be around the sheep. If something happened, they got blamed for it. Now imagine this, shepherds, 24-7 job. Shepherds are hanging around with the sheep. They're lying down in the fields with the sheep. I bet you, I bet you they, they were kind of filled with a little bit of feces on them too. They're dirty. How could you find a spot to lay down that didn't have poop on them? Honestly, 
It was there. They were dirty. They were smelly. They were undervalued. Maybe you're here tonight and you can relate to the shepherds that maybe you don't feel like you fit in with society. Maybe you don't fit in with the typical mold. Maybe you've made some poor choices in your life that you kind of feel unworthy and you feel hopeless because of it. Or maybe you haven't really had much connection with God or even thought about it. Maybe you're here because someone invited you. And if you are, we are so happy you're here. But know that God loves you. He cares about each and every one of you. Maybe you're thinking of the way that you've lived makes you unworthy of God even noticing you. I want you to know that tonight is a time for hope and God is just simply asking you to trust him. We see that God went to the shepherds and the only public announcement um, of the birth of God's son was given to the shepherds. These people no one valued, right? So God God deems them worthy of being the first and the only ones that he has told specifically about his son's birth. And he deems them worthy because this is good news for everybody. The birth of his, his son is good news for everyone. The hope that we have eternity is available to everyone right now. No matter how you've lived your life, no matter how many bad things you've done or how many good things you haven't done. The birth of the son of God is a time for hope for everyone. So again, whether you've done a lot of bad things in your life or very few, no matter where you're at, we are in. We are in need of salvation. Because it is through the Son of God that salvation has come to every single one of us. See, hope is for everyone. Hope is for everyone, even those who would think themselves the least deserving, because the fact is none of us deserve it. Luke 2, 10 to 11 Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Tonight we have hope because we have a God who cares about us. And we also have a God who cares for us. I hope you guys believe that. Because the easiest way to find hope is to believe that God has mighty things for each and every one of us. He's made for us to have hope in eternity by believing in Jesus. And believing in that he is, he is our Lord. And believing in the work that he has done. For believing that he died on the cross for each and every one of us. And then rising again from the dead to defeat death. I don't know how we can't find hope through this Christmas season, through the birth of Jesus. It's an amazing time to be able to say, I have a heavenly father who loves me and cares for me and gives me the hope that I need. And honestly, it takes no work, no real effort on our own part to receive this gift. But the the, the gift of the hope of eternal life, but it takes receiving it by believing. 
We see that he has also provided hope for right now. And we have a hope that God can work every circumstance, every situation, every storm that's circling us. He can use it. Whatever's facing that we're facing is bad. And he'll work it for our good. And his glory will continue as we can walk in faith. I want to encourage you to be faithful. I encourage you to surround yourself with those who can help keep you warm during your storm so you're not on the ground cold, sore, and alone. Find people to surround yourself with and build that relationship with our Heavenly Father. Because the more you keep focused, the more that you serve Him, you can be in the place where God continue to do a miracle in you and do a miracle through you. I encourage you to walk in faith. Walk in faith and you'll find that true hope that is in Christmas. We went through two different events. I know there's so much more that we can talk about, so much more that that happened around the birth of Jesus. But just these two simple events really, to me, impacts the thought of the hope that comes from our Heavenly Father and walking in a relationship with Him, being excited for the things that He's called for you. I know it's a struggle. And maybe some of us are having the best life we are having right now. That's great. But I encourage you, maybe be that person to walk up to somebody who you know isn't having the best time right now. Encourage them. God wants to use you to reach out to others. God wants to use you to comfort others. That's what God's trying to say to us. I sent my son to be born. I sent my son to be born for you, for all of us, so that one day he can die on the cross for our sins and then defeat death. He loves you, he cares about you, he wants what's best for you. He has amazing plans for you. This next little bit, as as we kind of close, as we kind of continue on with this process, I hope all of you guys have got your candles. If you don't, you put your hand up, I'm sure I have someone that can come and bring one to you, or you can go and grab one. We're gonna start kind of doing the candle lighting here in a minute. Um, So we're gonna close this evening by lighting candles. Then we're gonna end after we light our candles by singing Silent Night. Because as we receive him as our savior, his light will continue to shine in us so that we can bring light to the whole world because we see that Jesus came into the world as the light of the world, the one single true light. And that's why we're lighting these candles. I encourage you, let these candles uh, signify the light of Christ that is in you. If you've received him, and if you haven't received him, then won't you receive Christ as your savior right now? Even as you've received the light. 
Because all you have to say is this, is Lord, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is God in the flesh. And I believe that he has died for my sins and rose again so that I may receive him as my savior, who's the true hope of my eternal life. This is an important part. Let that light that you're gonna be holding signify the light that is inside of you. Let the candle be the, the example of the light of Jesus that is there inside of you. Because as your candle is lit, I want you to take a moment and thank God for the hope that he has given you in his son.